I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines on a big Friday. Trey Lance goes number three after a month plus of speculation. He was a big underdog to go three up until game day. As we reported right here, he surged to be the favorite and was the 49ers pick. Mac Jones wasn't. He dropped all the way to 15. Great get for New England, you might think. The betting market says, ah, no big deal. No adjustment for the Patriots. Denver Broncos, I didn't like the pick. But somehow they were 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl yesterday. Now they're 20 to 1. What's going on? It's Aaron Rodgers potentially. Here comes a four hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on an after draft, or at least round one Friday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. Live from Las Vegas. Steve Fezzik playing uh, double duty. Showing up today. How you feel? You feeling okay, Steve? Well, I'm here so you know I won yesterday, right? So you you mean you would have, if you (laughs) lost, you would have not done your job? I'm confused. (laughs) No. It seems like when you should do your job better. So how'd your how'd your picks do? Eight and four yesterday. Ah, but I thought you had eighty-two picks. You said or something? No, twenty-two bets. In and total. So eight and four that doesn't add up to twenty-two. What's going on? Well, we got second oh. round still. Is there so. any is there any bets for the second round we might be looking at today? No, because these are all obscure and they're all off the board now. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, no way is there any bets that anyone else could bet because that'd be a sign you actually had to bet. And we're just like, the, it's like the famous people would say, "Yeah, I had a Duke at plus eight and a half in that." I mean, I know it fell six, and the line was actually three, but uh, <laughs> there was the one book offshore that had it at eight and a half. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're the pros. Steve's a different kind of pro. What are you know? I'm interested. What are name some of those obscure picks? Just rattle them off. Uh, Central Florida. No, no, uh, what's the obscure Central pick? Florida safety grant to go under 63 and a half? Okay, so <laughs> how'd you what, did you look at the tape on him? <laughs> I did not. These are information. Oh, information. Oklahoma Center Humphrey under 53 and a half. You get the idea. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> now, when someone hasn't gone in the first round, they reset those, right? So you have different, you know, like you can bet, like those odds might change because really. On someone in the 80s, unless they were going to go in the first round, nothing's changed from today to then. Yes. So why wouldn't the bets be up? <laughs> because the books just didn't re- re- put them up. Yeah. Hmm. He's Jonas Knox in L.A. <laughs> Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got two more days of the NFL draft and a wild piece of uh, information and news coming out of Green Bay in regards to Aaron Rodgers and his potential departure, what is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to say something that I think is pervasive for the show and for anything you hear about the draft. And then I'm going to want to go around the horn, start with Jonas and the Fez on what your main takeaway of the draft was. But let me start this way because it's not newsy, but I think it's very important, Jonas. 
we don't know, nobody knows how good a draft anybody had. So you look at like a Leatherwood and great name, right? And we can say the Raiders made a bad pick. And that seems to be a consensus opinion or, yeah, consensus for sure, if not majority or if not everybody, you know, it might be. A, because the reality was, as I went through the mocks, I'd say at least three of the 10 late mocks I saw had him, Leatherwood, go in the first round. So under that theory, now, was it a little early? Yeah, it seemed like it. But you know what? Go back to some of those famous Seattle Seahawks drafts. And Jonas, I think we've talked about this and you recall it. They made a number of picks in those drafts. And this is back in like the first, second, third year of Pete Carroll, in which they were saying, this guy's a f-, like first round picks. We're like, a f- this guy should go in the fifth round. That was the news as it was being reported, or at least the analysts were saying on ESPN or whatever. And those were the drafts that fundamentally stalked a, super, a two-time Super Bowl appearer, one-time Super Bowl champion, Seattle Seahawks. In general, if someone drafts differently, it's always going to be panned because the consensus likes what the consensus likes. It's going to be the lowest common denominator. It's what's most common. If you go to McDonald's, no one is going to say you you got horrible taste. Right? They might say, well, you should go to this fancy hamburger place, but they still get McDonald's. You go to an Ethiopian place and you're eating with your hands, a lot of people are going to say that looks interesting. Other people are going to say, ugh, I'd rather be at McDonald's. What the Raiders did wasn't McDonald's. Now, is it good or bad? We don't know. But we don't know that about anyone. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, think about it. How often does the number one quarterback bomb? The number one. Forget this, the third, the fourth. The, often. I mean, we can point at Jamarcus Russell and say that was – but think about it. I mean, even though we'll sp- talk to we're blue in the face that Sam Darnold hasn't had a chance. Now it's gone to he hasn't had a chance. It's almost like the games don't even matter, right? But if I like someone, he hasn't had a chance. Come on. <laughs> At some point you see talent. Joe Burrow, as if, Joe, as if somehow if the Cincinnati is any better than the Jets. <laughs> but somehow everyone's optimistic about Joe Burrow. And whose offensive line was worse? Because the theory is you can't throw from your back. It's like, well, Joe Burrow, though he got hurt, looked pretty good. And Sam Darnold has never looked good for more than two throws in a row in the NFL. Never. He has the worst stats of anyone in three years. But we're going to make excuses for it. You know why? Because everyone wants to act like they know more than they do before the players play. Then when they play... You've got to wait to hear what actually happened. You can't look at the score. You can't look at the stats. Who won or who lost, that doesn't matter. I'll tell you, did Sam Darnold have a chance? Or that Andrew Luck is a Hall of Fame quarterback? Or whatever. Right? It's whatever. And it's not any particular person. It's not any particular network. It's everyone that gets seemingly... That's, that, that's good, that has success, starts to feel like they got so much power, I guess they can shape reality. I, I get the idea you could say, hey, the Patriots won so many Super Bowls, but, you know, I just don't like Belichick's shirts. Like, that's fine. But to critique and tell us what we saw, that really Sam Darnold was good, we just don't know it, that's absurd. And an extension of that, and it's even I, I guess I can kind of think this is less bad, but it happens. So, is everyone saying who had a good draft? Fez, let's be candid. It wasn't that long ago you were doing this. <laughs> That's correct. And my question is, at what point have you figured 
You don't really know, do you? No, I don't. I think you always bring up a great point that after the draft, every single team is so happy. And that really hit home with me. Because each team has had their optimal. Let's say Jonas goes out to dinner, right? And they decide on the restaurant, him and his wife, and he has his option to pick anything on the menu. He orders the steak, medium rare. You know what? Jonas did the best picking he could. I don't know how good that steak really is going to be, but he had every option. He had his right to pick it, and he picked it. You know what? He got what he wanted. Exactly. And I really, when I was watching all the draft rooms, it was remarkable. This was not false bravado. People were chest bumping and so excited with each and every pick, like every well, what, single what else, pick. What, what right? else would they do? Now, you can be happy or not happy about who fell to you. If somehow the Jets had picked Mac Jones, which would have been hilarious when they traded up to 14, then you could see the Patriots probably would have been disappointed. But you know what? They would have made the best pick they could. They had their choice. Every team has their choice at every pick, and thus they pick the one they want. Everyone got who they wanted yesterday based upon who was offered to them. That means everyone had their optimal draft based on who was offered to them. And you know what? Mel Kuyper or Analyst XYZ is going to grade this based upon what pick he would have made. So now the que- for each team. So now the question is who knows more? All right? In general, I think GMs know more than analysts. But what I know for sure is they know more about their own team yes. than the analysts. So what we're not going to do, where there's a moratorium on is talking about how well this team had a great draft. Now, you want to talk about how much draft capital they had? That's a different story because that means they get a new influx of talent. It's like spending money uh, in free agency. If you have more money to spend, you're going to do better. But we're not going to grade who should have went where because we just don't know. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas, what was your – what are you funny? He goes, I like the Raiders draft. What's your number one <laughs> takeaway from round one? I really like that Leatherwood pick. I mean, I got to tell you, he is really no, – um, just, just the the lengths to which the 49ers went to to, tr- to convince so many people that it was going to be Mac Jones only to end up taking Trey Lance because I don't, I don't buy – and we talked about this. I don't buy that all of a sudden they were – you know uh, they all of a sudden started to feel for – you know that, that Trey Lance was the pick after they saw him at his pro day and they were convinced and then he changed their minds. I don't buy that for a second. I think they traded all the way up initially because Trey Lance was always going to be their guy and I think the Mac Jones stuff was thrown out there. Why it was thrown out there, I have no idea, and that's the, the puzzling part to me. I think it makes him look really bad because yeah. if if we go with the story, the story is they they traded up and remember I I said this yesterday. Adam Schefter was backtracking on Get Up, and I was like, and I said, I go, boy, it sounds like he knows what's going to happen. It's going to make his original reporting looks look bad. That's what I speculated, and. I was like, wow, because he was saying, like, well, they, they made the trade knowing they'd be happy with Mac Jones, and then they've contemplated other options, and now we're not sure who they're going to take. That kind of makes sense, meaning, you know, because let's think about this. Why was that trade made so early? Because they were afraid they might get beat to the punch. Once the 49ers did what they did, that stopped other teams from do, going to four. Because now you got to like the fourth quarterback. So if, if the third quarterback was the, was the place to make a bold move, the third pick, third quarterback, and the 49ers felt they needed a bold move, it was good to act early. 
And it kind of makes sense to me to say, you know, we haven't done all of our analysis, but if we, worst case, we got Mac Jones, we would feel contented in this trade. Like it would not be, we wouldn't regret it. But if something else reveals itself that's even better, we'll do that. That actually makes sense to me, Jonas. Is that, does that is there something about that that doesn't resonate? No, I, I just look at at their strategy, and I don't I, I don't understand. I, I I don't understand the why they would put all that stuff out there only to end up taking Trey Lance. And and I do think some people in the media started to catch up to the fact that wait a second, have we been had here? And and I just, I don't understand why. I, I don't understand mm. why. So, you, so what you're saying is there. you can see that being the chain of events, except why would the 49ers keep pushing the Mac Jones narrative? Yeah, I just like, there was. But no, did they though? Because it seems like it was all driven by the original reporting, which tr- I think tried to explain why they made the pick to, or the trade to start with. But but where would the people get the information from? Where would they get that stuff from? You and mean it, like Shafter? Yeah, like Shafter, no, no, all I, those guys. No, no, I think Shafter came out, if I'm not mistaken, within a couple days or a day or two of the original trade, right? Yes. So I think they probably fed Shafter that honestly, that info that was true, saying, hey, if we take Mac Jones here, we're going to be content. We're going to feel fine with that. But after that original push to kind of explain the trade, did anything else really come from San Fran? Uh, Chris Sims, uh, who's close with Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's been on the Mac Jones train the entire time. Yeah, but I think uh, he's Mike, been saying, knowing Kyle, I think Max is kind of quarterback was kind of what he was saying, right? Yeah, but he was very bold about it, saying, no, 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 it's going to be Mac Jones. He was, and he was Mike Lombardi was too. Yeah, he and, said and there's and a chance it would be too. Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, and and what's what's puzzling about it is. Jacksonville wasn't going to trade their pick. The Jets weren't going to trade their pick. So not only did the 49ers trade up to number three, they traded up to the highest possible spot that they could in order to get the guy that they knew was going to be there and then let everybody to believe it was somebody else. There was, yeah. Nobody else and, was going to jump them for that pick. And I think the reason that when we talk about reporting that I always say, is that what's driving this line move? What's driving this report? Is it a direct source, even if we don't have the who, you know, if it's just on background? Or is it speculation? Because to me, and you remember, Joan, I, look, I turn to you as the guy that really follows all the stories and every pretty much version. And I'm usually like, now, did that come from inside? Or was that, again, speculation? And I think other than the original reporting, it was a lot of speculation. And to me, I think it makes them look bad because they would change their, because it looks like it was public pressure. What Colin said today was that was a good move from the 49ers to change because everyone hated Mac Jones. Right. And the media would have been mad and the fans. Would, and it's like if Kyle Shanahan changed his pick because some dweeby media member was going right. to be saying, oh, I don't like that pick. You know, the, the former scout. Oh, wait, he wasn't a former scout. He probably didn't even play high school football. So to me, I hate that idea, but it does seem like Kyle uh, buckled the pressure. In fact, if they would have taken Mac Jones, I would have respected him more for it. Because it would have been after the story came out and all the criticism they got and God, he's got the lowest ceiling of all five quarterbacks. And what are you doing? You had these guys there and those guys there. And the 49ers would have still said, yeah, but this is the guy we wanted. This is the guy we believe in. And we're going with it. Instead, they went the opposite, which is which I'm, I'm still trying to piece together. 
And I guess what I would say to wrap this part of the conversation is if the following happened, I think it's all just fine. If something else happened, maybe not. They made the trade because they wanted to get there early because someone else could beat them to the punch. Okay. And they felt they needed to make it. All right. That's good. Number two, they get it out there early because they think they're going to take, and this is what we talked about, Mac Jones, because they did enough analysis to say, we would be fine if we'd make this trade for Mac Jones. We'd be fine. All right. Okay. I like that. Get it out there and, and see how people react. Take the pressure off it. Diffuse the outrage if there's any. See what people say. Okay. Now, I also like it. Keep looking in the month that leads up to it. Because why make a big decision without doing all the work? They're saying it's enough if it's just him, but maybe we can do better. Once you find the better, you got to change. If somehow you think Trey Lance is better after we did all analysis and you still pick back Jones, that would be weak. So I accept all of it. The one part I don't accept is what Joan is, is kind of implying or saying is at some point when you knew you were going to Trey Lance and you allowed there to be a perpetuation of the Mac Jones talk, that deception, I get how it helps people not know what you're going to do and you have surprises. But it makes you look bad. At that point, they should have came out and said, you know something? We had a strong feeling going in. And you know what? We've reevaluated. Can't tell you which way we're going to go, but all bets are off. Mm. If they would have said that five days ago, we'd all accept it. And whatever they gained, San Francisco, in these three or four days of everyone being confused, I don't think it was much with the other teams going to start scouting Mac Jones. You know, it's like, what do you gain? I can see not telling you who's going to be the starting quarterback when one guy's injured going up to a game. I think it makes them look bad because they tried to, and that's what Kyle said, which was, uh, we don't feel any obligation to tell our opposition what, when they're wrong. But no, it's not they're wrong. It's like you told us they, to believe something, and I see why they did it. But once those facts changed, they didn't owe it to us to tell us, but it does make them look bad that they didn't. What do you think, John? Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to start a uh, any sort of a scandal here on Fox Sports Radio, but maybe they were also trying to drive up the price a little bit in the betting market so that Kyle Shanahan's cousin, Mackenzie, part of Straight Out of Vegas, could make more off his Trey Lance pick. Maybe I got to be honest with that. you. I didn't, I didn't think that exactly, <laughs> but what I did think was this. Usually, I can back – so, just a little background – McKenzie's about two and nineteen betting against me. <laughs> Does that sound right? Yeah, that's about accurate. Okay, and I got him in such a bad spot, like where where he took, he kept saying, <laughs> "I don't know, I just kind of like uh, Trey Lance here." And like all the reporting's going in one direction, he's like, "I just, I don't know why." And I look at him, I go, "Does he have inside info?" And I didn't think so. And then what's fascinating is he betted at whatever. At like plus two fifty, then it went up to like three fifty the next day. It was like ah, oh, he's in bit. He, he just he just was he just had this look on his face like he's hiding something, and then lo and behold, it comes in. So now <laughs> if he won even half the time. Let's just say that uh, I'm going to get Matty Holt, who does integrity work for the guy. I'm going to get him involved here. Mackenzie texted me today, and he said, you know, I slept on the man's couch. You don't think I know some stuff? Well, I tell you this. <laughs> this is what I told, you know, uh, there was a guy that just got into the sports betting business that was talking about he had inside info, and it, but he didn't share it with his friends. He was betting his friends. And I said, that, but you don't understand gambling, buddy, is what I told him. If, if Mackenzie actually had that info... And we did it like, like literally one of pregame.com's best prop guys, the hitman, made one of his biggest bets on his life on Mac Jones. Yes. So if McKenzie let one of his comrades 
go all in on a losing bet. <sighs> you have any comment, Mackenzie? I was 100% honest the whole time. I had no insider info, and I was convinced it was Trey Lance. It just works with that system. Listen, he went to Yale. If he had inside info, he and I would have been gone for the show for a week and showed back up with like a fleet of new <laughs> limousines. Let me tell you something. All right. We talked about the 49ers. So much more to go. But I'm interested in Mac Jones, who could have went third. It was viable. He went 15th. What does that mean for the Patriots and Bill Belichick? That's coming up next. But first, our draft coverage on Fox Sports Radio is all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash draft, netsuite.com slash draft. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back on the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah, I have my Coke Zero ready to go here. I'm a little fired up. It's a great day to join. And we'll be talking Belichick here and Mac Jones in a second. And how there's such a thing as social proof. Now think about that because you got to wonder, Mac Jones was supposed to go third. But he didn't go to 15th. What's that all about? We are the fastest growing show on Fox. Check that, Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. I am worked up. (laughs) We're going to do extra effort to deliver back to you. You can listen to us. And the weekend's a great time. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite podcast player. And right here in Vegas on the Strip, 97 degrees, 97. The neon is bubbling. So, R.J., Mac Jones was the favorite for quite some time to go number three overall to the San Francisco 49ers, but instead he drops all the way down to 15, and he is now officially a New England Patriot. Yeah, I think this is an example of the genius of Bill Belichick, but it's not what you might think. If this were a movie, Fez... What would happen? Belichick would have somehow said something to the 49ers that made them, like, a month later realize, hey, this isn't the guy. We should take Trey Lance. But knowing how they'd react to it, then somehow he had said something in the media that made other teams not take him. He heard something, you know, like some kind of, you know, master criminal kind of thing. And then he'd be like going, ha, 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 ha. And then when he drops, he, and he says, all right, guys, good work. See you tomorrow. That's not what happened. What happened was Belichick has his pricing. He says, this is how good a guy is. This is how much he's worth. And then he looks around and says, all right, here's the market. And then he waits. And he accepts it's random. When the trade happened at 14, before they knew who was trading, you could have thought, "Uh uh-oh, someone knows Belichick wants Mac Jones. They're going to trade up, nab him. Could have happened. Easy, right? Oh, sure. And then would Belichick have not been a genius? He couldn't have prevented that. If anything, the bigger rep you get, the harder it is to do what you do. Billy Bean, after Moneyball, could hardly make a trade. 
because everyone was afraid to trade with them. It's like, this guy knows more. If he wants to trade with me, I'm getting a bum end of a deal. I'm going to go back and take a look at this player hitting 210. All he does is walk. Yeah. Yeah. It, in that case, but in either case, if someone has too good of a reputation, it's hard to do what got them the reputation. Sure. If, if Belichick wants Mac Jones, I want Mac Jones. But Belichick would have been just fine. Now, I'm not saying he didn't prefer this, but whoever was next on his board, he would have taken. And if not, he would have traded back. And hundreds of those good decisions is why Belichick has an unmatched winning record in the last 20 years. And maybe, I think, certainly the best coach that's ever walked the earth in any sport. And I don't know about that. It's hard to know about John Wooden. He was so good. But let's say the best football coach that ever walked the earth. But it's not magic. It's not. Because you know what? Last year... It would have been very unmagical. Cam was a good get. Cam fell short. Now, I think ba- having Cam as a backup quarterback or potentially a starter for a while is a great contract, great get. But uh, Stidham was not genius. I don't know how they figured how bad Stidham is, but they don't like Stidham. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? Belichick made a lot of other picks that didn't make a ton of sense. Belichick passed on Brady in the fifth round and the fourth round. Yes. Just like everyone else. But he's just a little smarter and a little more diligent. But it doesn't happen because of genius necessarily. It happens because he's playing the odds. That's the difference. He couldn't control what happened last night, but he put himself in a situation to let it happen. And you know what? When it did happen, he got the pick in right, got the pick in on time. He doesn't mess it up, but he, and he, puts the, he, he sets the table. Think about it with gambling, Fez, or investing. Investing is a great example of this, right? Whereas you got your portfolio, you got all this different stuff, you put a little 2% in this one cryptocurrency. And the theory is when the crypto goes through the roof, you could say he got lucky or he's a genius. That's eh, probably in between. But he knows that luck plays a big factor. What was your take on specifically on Mac Jones? And then we'll get into how. The markets reacted. I was just shocked that a quarterback that everyone had as the favorite to go third could drop all the way to 15. And I think it shows how public sentiment can change so dramatically. And really, no one knows how good these quarterbacks really are. It doesn't even matter how good they are. No one, no one knows who really thinks what about any quarterback or any player. Yes. What's, what is the motivation to tell everyone what you think? It, you know, it, there is none. And I, I agree with the forty. I agree for sure with um, Kyle Shanahan about that. He doesn't have an obligation to tell people. I think it was a slightly different situation. I would make the following point, and then we'll go to Jonas. If the 49ers would have taken Mac Jones third, and then when Denver, who I thought was the most egregious one here, and we'll talk about him and Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers in Denver, if San Francisco would have called Denver right when they went on the clock and said, hey, uh, my owner's uh, making me do this. Um, I'll, trade you, I'll, I'll trade you Mac Jones for uh, your number nine pick. What would they have done? Steve? I don't know. You think they would have said, no, thank you? I'm asking you a question. Like, what, what part are you confused about? I'm trying to formulate. I'm just so confused by this Mac Jones 3-15, to 15, you know, that, I mean, the, the, with what's happened. Jonas, if... if um, San Francisco had taken Mac Jones third, and then the draft continued, and it got to the ninth pick, and Denver was going to start thinking, you know, make their pick, 
And San Fran called and said, hey, do you want to trade the third pick for the ninth pick? Do you think they would have given it strong consideration? As far as now, had they already made the selection? Was, no. Was, okay. Uh, yeah, I think they would have. Yeah, well, yeah, so Sam Fran would have made the selection, but Denver hadn't. Yeah, so I, I would think, oh, in that case, no, I don't think so. I don't think Denver would have moved up. I don't think they would yeah, have taken I, Mac Jones. Well, they wouldn't have had to move up. Yeah, I don't think they would have taken Mac Jones. Yeah, well, I think they would have, and I think almost any team that was considering a quarterback would have because it would have been third pick Mac Jones. The point is, is think about it, is – it's no joke that the 49ers wanted Mac Jones initially. I mean, unless they're just playing lion, that's who they wanted. So they thought this is the third, you know, this quarterback's worth three number one picks, right, yes. effectively. But then that same quarterback was available for one number one pick, a number nine, to a team that needs a quarterback very badly, Denver, but they didn't take him. But social proof says if the genius Kyle Shanahan had picked this guy third – then he's a hot commodity. Now his value is defined very, di- very differently. Okay. And once the 49ers passed on him, it made all these other teams. I bet there's multiple teams that thought about, is there any way for us to trade up and get Mac Jones before San Fran gets him? Because like, once San Fran wanted him, everyone coveted Mac Jones. Now, some people in the media didn't like it. But I'm telling you right now is if you say, I mean, think about the absurdity of it, of saying, well, we have the number nine pick. You want to trade us the number three, the pick you made for our number nine? No. We think you're so dumb that you're, the pick you made at three was so bad. It's like, how could it be so bad when Kyle Shanahan's considered to be one of the elite coaches? And I guess that's my point. This is all perception. This is, I mean, Mac Jones going three would have been just fine. He went 15. Just fine. And I think with Denver not taking Jones or Fields for some pie-in-the-sky shot at Aaron Rodgers, who's almost 40 years old, I mean, let's think about this a second. How bad Denver's current quarterback situation is. In fact... I, I want this to have its ample time. So be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So think about this: How bad is Sam Darnold? Right? Let's just let's just ask that question broadly. He's so bad that they said we're going to take a quarterback in the draft. The Jets did that. Literally has had one good year, and in that year, you know, there was talk that Wilson wasn't even going to start if he had a a bad start to his senior year, that he would get benched. He had a great year, and it was against the 104th best competition, the strength of schedule in the entire uh, Division I football. Not good. There's 130 teams. Think on it. All right? Now, they said, no, we're going to send you off because this guy's better than you. Now, Carolina said, okay, we know you got the the worst three-year run of any – player that quarterbacks in the NFL, but we think we can do something with you because the Jets are bad and we can figure out somehow to do it. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater, you're so bad that we're going to send you away for the guy that has the worst stats in three years. In fact, you're so bad, we're only going to take a six-round pick. And in fact, you're so bad, we're going to have to pay 70% of your salary. That's the deal. Denver gets Bridgewater, gives up a six-rounder, and only has to pay 30% of Bridgewater's salary. That's how bad Carolina wanted to get rid of him. 
And then Denver says, okay, I can have Justin Fields, who some people think should have went number two. Many do. Or I could have Mac Jones that almost went number three. But no, I'll take a cornerback. <laughs> the second best cornerback, apparently, behind Horn. And somehow Carolina took a quarterback. So he, Sam Darnold could be okay and safe and no competition. Because they didn't want Mac Jones. <laughs> Or Justin Fields. So, literally, two teams that have Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater as quarterbacks said no thank you to Mac Jones and Justin Fields. But somehow, Belichick was chomping at the bit to have one of them Mm. a few picks later. It goes to show you, with quarterbacks specifically, if you let one in the door, you got to make everything about them, it seems like. Because when Seattle signed... Uh, the former Green Bay guy, Flynn, for a big contract, they did not pick in the third round Russell Wilson, right? They said, we want as much competition as we need because we need a good quarterback. But they're going to guarantee next year Sam Darnold $19 million so he feels comfortable this year. Does it make any sense, Jonas? It's he's the most protected guy in the media. I can't. I doesn't make any sense to me. I, I've never understood it, and I don't know if this is just because he's a nice guy. I I, I don't know. He I better mean, be they, really nice. I mean, people couldn't wait to get Trubisky out of town, and and he has been miles better than Sam Darnold as an NFL so quarterback. So true. Hmm. And, and I don't I don't get it. Like it was like the idea of giving Mitch Trubisky the fifth year option was. I mean, you people looked at you like you had five eyes. Like what? It didn't make it, this Darnold love. I've never understood. It, I still don't understand. And I tell you this, he had mono though. So, yeah. I mean, at some point, we just got to give him a break and let's let him have a fourth and a fifth year, and then we'll talk about it. When we come back, Aaron Rodgers, what are the odds that he plays in Green Bay? What are the odds he plays in Denver? And Fezzik is going to find a way to give us a pick. Because he's won so much, he might as well share. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've been discussing the first round of the NFL draft from last night here, and now we've got the second round and the rest of the draft coming up later on tonight and also coming up tomorrow. Yeah, and the odds, same thing he did in the first round. And by the way, Jonas, I tweeted out, and we talked about it right here, the late steam that was happening yesterday. And I gave, uh, I think it was six picks. You know, they weren't picks as much as saying this is the way the steam's going. Six out of six. And now it's two years in a row. The draft steam really tells you a story. And here's a good one. I don't know if it's a pick, really. You could, but 
it's out of hand. Who will be the first pick of the second round, the 33rd pick? And right now, Tyson Campbell from Georgia, cornerback, is minus 400. So it feels like the, this is one of those things, do you want to lay 400? But on the other hand, you think, wait a minute. How could anyone be 400 to be a pick like this unless it was known? Exactly. So, I mean, do we fire on it or what? It feels <sighs> it. I mean, you're just scared of the 4-1. to one. I am scared of the 4-1. to one. <laughs> But how could it be 4-1? to one? Exactly. And kudos, you won your cornerback over 4.5 bet, yeah, which won. is amazing when – it looks like the first pick in the second round is going to be another cornerback. Yeah, yeah. So Tyson Campbell likely. You want to bet at minus 400. I actually think if I wasn't on air, I would. Um, <laughs> David Mills from Stanford is expected to be the next quarterback taken, and he's actually about even money to go in the second round. So Mills' second round seems likely. And here's two picks I'm going to give you, but we're going to call them pizza bets. What's a pizza bet? Well, whatever kind of pizza you get. I used to eat Tony's pizza when I was back home. You ever have, have at Jonas Tony's pizza? It's a frozen pizza? Oh, yeah. I grew up on that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, had a, yeah. I would get Tony's with some Doritos and a big three liter of like Pepsi. <laughs> See, I didn't want to be skins for a reason in those games. So, But if you're the type that eats like faux gras and stuff, exotic cheeses and your pizza bets a little more but whatever that comfort level is for a small bet here's the two i'm gonna give you two of them number one is who will be the last player taken in the draft offense or defense it's about even money yeah, pick them even though in the first round it was 18 to 14 you said yes offense versus defense and that was the over under 18 and a half right it was Here's what's fascinating. As you said, the last five picks were defense. So it was at 18 with five picks to go if you had offense over. And it was defense, 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 defense. <laughs> and Tampa was supposed to take a running back. At least yes. That was, oh. But that was a tight, good number. I think that this is offense. And here's why. If you're not taken last, you're a free agent, undrafted free agent. Who is going to be in more demand, an offensive player or a defensive player? Meaning, let's say there's a speedster wide receiver. You know, doesn't have any hands, as all, but he's a project and a half. Doesn't he go as the last pick a lot more than some D-tackle? Mm. Those D-tackles, well, really what you're doing by taking that last pick is say, we're the last one that gets to dictate where someone goes. And then whoever's left, we have just as good a chance with them as anyone else. I think the last pick is going to be offense because it's it, there's more value in an undrafted free agent market with offensive players. So you might as well get one more and then try to go get defense with the undrafted free agents. Thoughts? Yeah, I like this. And I also like the fact all the media hype and the like, it's a better story for your team to take an offensive player. Yeah, that's fair. Last one, and then you got a, a basketball bat for us tonight in the big NBA game. Last one for me, and you can get the last – this is when does the first special teams player uh, get drafted? Now, the plus 125 was which round you said? Fifth round. Okay, so here's my prediction. Fourth round. Three to one payoff. That's a punter or a kicker uh, in theory. I guess not a kick return, right? It'd be a punter or a kicker, and I think it's going to be happening in the – Fourth round. Fourth round. You said fifth is the favor. I like the fourth to three to one. Here's why. The draft has less knowledge. It has less information. 
measurables, no combine. What position needs that the least? Punting and kicking, you can see it on the mm. field. And I think they might be a little more optimistic and take them early. Fourth round, special teams. You got 40 seconds for your pick. All right, best bet. Phoenix minus four and a half hosting Utah. I want to make the case Utah is overrated without Donovan Mitchell. They've only been three and three without him. And what's really troubling, Utah lost back-to-back games to a bad Minnesota team. You lose that first game, okay. You lose again in the very next game. You're supposed to be motivated, folks. Exactly right. There's a problem with Utah and Utah. Guard cluster injuries. Conley's out as well. I'm on Phoenix minus four and a half. So Phoenix is minus four and a half at home. So this is saying Phoenix is the better team right now. I'm rooting it on, baby, because we got a little bit of interest in Phoenix to win that division. Jonas, pretty good show. Which one of the picks did you like the best? Uh, I like the uh, – and you're talking about Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick. Yes. Yeah, I like the offense idea because that's – especially if it's a guy who's got this one thing he does really well, he's going to be more coveted than just some defensive lineman you can pick up the next day. No doubt. Big recap on Monday. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, we are straight out of Vegas. Back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 